Thank you, worship team, this morning. All because of God's amazing grace. I can't imagine what the world would be like if God didn't have that grace. If God didn't look upon us with compassion and with love. And to say, these people need something. They will forever be out of my presence unless something is done. And he looked upon us and he said, I have a solution. I will send my son. I will send my son to free them from the bondage they were in. I will send my son to make them pure and clean and holy so that they may come into my presence. What a privilege it is. What a privilege. Father, this morning, we want to hear from you. We want to understand you. We want to know you. And we want to open our hearts and allow you to minister into our depths. understand you and to understand what you are doing inside of us. And so I pray for your presence and for your spirit to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning you received a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil. And I want you to hang on to it because... It's something you're going to need towards the end of the service. But you know, sometimes things can't get worse. It was my first preaching assignment, my first ministry assignment in, in Burnham. And uh, it was a number of Sundays after we had started there. And we had several visitors in the church. And as I was sharing the message, I dropped my notes. And they got all messed up, so I was all out of order. Uh, then there was a fly that kept flying around and landing near my face. And everybody was watching as I was trying to get rid of this fly. And then, to make matters worse, it was a hot day and the back door of the church was open. And in flies a bird. And we had a big fan in the center. And the bird kept flying around the sanctuary. And everybody was... I'm trying to preach, and they're looking at this bird. I don't think it was a dove. <laughs> so, you know, afterwards, one of the visitors says, well, he says, look at it this way. It can't get worse. You're only going up from here. So uh, when things go wrong, there's always room for improvement, and that's the wonderful thing. Uh, this morning, I want to continue. I started last week with... Uh, what I might call a little mini-sermon series called Journey Back to the Future. And this morning, I've entitled it Just Seasons, Emotions, and Responses. And I want to read from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. And scripture here says this. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity 
under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. And there's much more to uh, this writing of, the, of Ecclesiastes, but indeed we recognize that there is a time and a season for everything. There's a time and there's a season for everything. There's life, there's blessings, and there's hardships. But the interesting thing is how we see them, how we view them. A lady who was somewhere in her 40s, she had gone through a time of cancer. She'd gone through a time where she had all kinds of heart issues. She had gone through a time where she even had a stroke. However, through it all, both her and her husband kept a very positive spirit. And then one day she said to her husband, you know what kills me? And he quickly responded, absolutely nothing. We know that that isn't really true. But it's a very fitting response to all that they had gone through. A positive response. And we know that how they looked at things made a difference. And how we look at things makes a difference as well. So first of all, there are seasons. There are seasons in our lives. In our Ephesians passage, we can see, if we read the whole thing, we can see that life is full. Life is full. It's full of good things. It's full of bad things. Life is full of troubles. Uh, life is full of realized plans and unrealized plans. And we realize that there is time, time for everything, a season for every activity. There are seasons in our life, there are seasons in our culture, and there are seasons in our faith. Did you get that? There are seasons. And the interesting thing is that all of these seasons have change. Every one of them. Some of us have learned to embrace the changes in life. But you know, some of us struggle. Struggle with the changes that take place. We're very comfortable where we are. We don't want to see those changes. But you know, every year, summer turns to fall. We're seeing it right now. Every fall turns to winter. Every winter turns to spring, and every spring turns to summer. Even though we have four different seasons, every year there are changes. What was last year is no longer the same as this year. And what will be next year will be different from what we experienced this year. And we also know that, that all kinds of things happen to other people. And we like to deny it, but ultimately... A lot of things happen to us, too. They just do. And when we think about it, 
really life for us is too big. It's absolutely too big. And so we need a God who can plot our course for us. We need to look up to see where God is leading us and depend upon him. Now, God's plan is not for us to follow a whole range of heartless rules and regulations. God's intention was never that. He didn't want to say, well, this is how things are done, so you have to follow them in this way. No, God is, is quite a different God, and I hope I can present him in a, in a very wonderful and positive and powerful way, because God is lively. God is full of life. God is very emotional. God is passionate. God is responsive. The one thing that God never is, is impassive. God is never impassive. He doesn't want us to live impassive lives. And so we find, secondly, that there are emotions. Now we don't, we don't often think of God as this person who is lively and full of emotions. That's not the way we portray God. We think of God as someone who is steady. That God is steady. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God is unwavering. God is unchanging. God is this majestic person who sits on his throne, unmovable. But there's a whole other side to God that we sometimes don't realize. <laughs> Fact is that we don't look a lot like, I mean, God doesn't look a lot like us. We look like God. That's fact. That's in Scripture. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Scripture says, So God created man, that is you and I, every man, woman, and child, it says, in his own image. Verse 26 says, God says, Let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness. These are God's words. God says, I am making you like me. I'm making you like me. And emotions guide us. Emotions guide us. God has given us emotions to bring us to a certain place so that we can feel, so that we can experience, so that we can enjoy all of God's intended purposes for us. Can you imagine a life without emotion? Straight line. Never happy, never sad, never hurting, never feeling good. That's not God either. God has given us emotions so that we realize our needs. We realize what we need. And in realizing what we need, it leads us to him, the creator of those emotions. But we also have to remember that 
Emotions are not an end. Without God's word, without Jesus, without faith, we have nothing. We have to remember that our understanding of God is found and bound in his word and in the faith that we have in him. And so emotions are a part of that. Again, I want to say I, I, I so appreciate the expression of your emotions last Sunday. These are God-given emotions. These are emotions that allow you to move from where you're at to a place that God wants you to be, to deal with the hurt, to deal with the hardship. We find that it's very healing. Grief, heartache, pain, they all need to be released if there's going to be healing. They have to. If you hold it inside, it tears you down. And they have to be expressed so that joy and pleasure and satisfaction can come out, can be felt. Because that's what God wants for you. God wants you to feel satisfaction and joy in your life. Now, I also realize that having one Sunday and where we express our emotions or one service or, or one hour or one moment is not going to bring closure and healing to the struggles that you have with the absence of Pastor Neil and Pastor Jamie. You don't just have one event. It's a process. We all need to process our feelings, our emotions, the things that we're going through. Friendships are built over time. And they have deep-seated roots. When we think of David and Jonathan, their friendship was built over years. Years of, of getting to know one another. Years of spending some time together. Having this kindred spirit. Jesus spent every day for at least three years or more with his disciples. Every single day. He built these deep, deep-seated roots. Can you imagine? It's like spending three years with your spouse. Every day. In this new relationship, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And you get to know that person very personally. We find that time builds these bonds. Time builds trust. Time builds these relationships. When they're taken from us, our emotions run very deep. They do. And so a part of healing is really remembering. 
It's remembering. It's not forgetting. Suppressing thoughts and memories are not healthy. But bringing them out is healthy. And it is healing. Remembering events, remembering settings and scenes, they motivate us to respond in a positive and healthy way. And so we find, thirdly, that there are responses. There are responses to these emotions that you have. If you have an emotion, it's, it's very hard not to respond. If you suppress it, you can. But if you allow this emotion inside of you to move you, it takes you to a place where you have to respond to that emotion. When I was in Bible college... I love to sit under this dear professor, Larry Tatlock, uh, probably one of my favorite professors when I was there. Now, Larry was kind of a, a little different fellow. Uh, all the other professors had one office, and they were all on the second and third floor of the, of the faculty building, but not, not uh, a professor Tatlock. His office was in the basement <laughs> because down there he was able to get two offices and a storage room and his offices were filled with books and a storage room was filled with books and I would go into his office and he would move all these books to try to find a little space to put down a piece of paper because you couldn't hardly see his desk. But one thing that I remember about Professor Tatlock, he was a man of passion. He was a man of passion. When I was in college or any class that I ever took, I liked to sit front center because that way I can see everything that's going on in the front, the things that I'm interested in, and I'm not distracted in what's behind me. So the first time I went into Professor Tatlock's room, I sat front center. Quickly, a couple of students came over and they said, you don't want to sit there. I said, why? They said, believe me, you don't want to sit there. Well, what, what, why, what's the problem? That's the spit zone. I said, oh, I said, you ought to be at least two desks back. Well, I soon found out what Tatlock was all about. Yes, he was a man of passion. He came into the class and he would start, and, and sometimes when he started teaching, he got excited. Oh, he got excited, and the next thing you knew, his suit jacket came off, and it was thrown on the floor. And he began to preach, and he began to teach. And students in other classes, you could hear doors slamming because he was so loud, they could hear him across the whole floor. I loved it. I loved it. He was a man of passion. spent time with him in his office. I had a class that I just had him and me. 
an independent class. Spent time with him in Calgary at the open air campaigners on Center Street. He was preaching, other students preached, I preached. What a wonderful time. On one occasion in one of his classes, he challenged us. First of all, let me just backtrack just a bit. When I came into his class, one of the first things, all of his classes, first thing he says is, their school requires that I give you a final exam. And so you're going to get a final exam. But he says, I'm going to give you all the answers. And every week, he would put up two questions and two answers. And he always told us this. He says, I don't care about your score. He says, what I teach you here has to come into here. That's what matters. That's what mattered to, to, to Professor Tatlock, that his students know and understand and experience the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in this one class, he challenged us. He talked about the word of God. And he asked us what we believe. And he said, if there's anything in this Bible that you don't believe, you will doubt. You will doubt this word. You will doubt this verse. You will doubt this statement. And he says, if you don't believe it, or if you doubt it, he said, throw it away. And he did that. He threw it across the room. He said, throw it away. It will do you no good. Because if you doubt one thing, you will doubt another. And if you doubt another pretty soon, you don't know what you believe anymore. I tell you, that was powerful. That was powerful. That third summer, we got the news. Larry Tadlock died in a head-on collision on his way home from a speaking engagement. It's a school that hurt. We all hurt. We asked why. A man of such passion, a man so godly, a man who desired to give so much to his students. It was shocking news. I know when I heard it, I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. Nobody did. All of us wanted to, to see Larry come through those doors. 
when we went to class, we, were, we wanted to go to his class. This morning, I, I didn't use a lot of scripture because I didn't think it was necessary. Not that I don't want to use God's word, but there is a time for everything. There are losses that we suffer, and there are losses that you've suffered. The passing of Pastor Neil and Pastor Jamie. And in a few moments, I'm going to ask you to do something. That's why you've got a piece of paper and a pencil. I'm going to ask you to write down a few things. But I also want you to consider this passage. John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. This passage of scripture says this. Jesus said to Martha after Lazarus' death, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let me read that again. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. Even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? We know that physical life will be swallowed up. But we also know that Pastor Jamie and Pastor Neil, their lives are not unto death. Death in the physical, yes. But they are alive in Christ. But you know what? They are also alive in you. They are alive in you. After, pa after Professor Tatlock passed away, I shared the lesson that I shared with you a little earlier stayed with me and has stayed with me, will always be here. There's lots and lots of other things that I learned from Professor Tatlock. But I want to ask you to take a piece of paper that you have there and a pencil. And I'm going to ask you to write down something. And I'm going to ask uh, our pianist. <laughs> okay. If she would come, if she comes, uh, just to uh, play softly for us. But I want to ask you to write at least one life-changing moment or one life-changing lesson that you learned from Pastor Neil and Pastor Jamie? What is the one lesson that they taught you that has stuck with you and is not going away? I know our pianist isn't here at the moment, but just take some time to think about it and write down that lesson. That thing 
that is so important that you cannot forget. It's important to write it down. I know this much. When you write these things down, not only do you not forget it, there are things that I have in one of my Bibles that I go back to and I remember. It's so wonderful to have some of these memories that takes us back, but it's also so healing. The one lesson a life-changing lesson. I don't want to rush this. I want to give you just some time. If you were not a part of this church when Pastor Neil and Pastor Jamie were here, maybe there's somebody else is very dear to you, a fellow believer, a fellow Christian who has impacted you, who has touched you, has taught you something. I know in my life, lots of different Christians who have said things, profound things, that I've never forgotten. If you have a hard time thinking of something, save it for later. Just put the question down on your paper. Take some time to think about it. Take a moment at home, and as you reflect, write it down. It's the second thing that I want to ask you to write down. Write out the impact that Pastor Neil or Pastor Jamie has had on your spiritual journey, the impact that they have had on your spiritual journey. Let me just share another little story. After Professor Tatlock passed away, I remember probably the next day, maybe the day after, as I was thinking about Larry and I was thinking about his passion, his love for the students, his ministry, what came to mind was Elijah and Elisha. And how after the two crossed the Jordan and Elijah was about to be taken up to the Lord, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken up from you. Elisha replied, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. And Elisha said, Elijah said, If you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. And you know, as I just thought about it during that time, I, there was a prayer that I prayed to the Lord, and I said, Lord, give me a double portion of Pastor Tatlock's spirit. Give me a double portion of his spirit. 
<laughs> I couldn't imagine what I would look like if I had a double portion of his spirit. But I wanted it. God saw fit not to give me that. But what, I ca what came out of that for me was that a part of Larry Tatlock is still alive in me today. A part of him is still here. Every time I minister, every time I preach, every time I do a funeral, every time I do certain things, I remember the man. I realize that he's, he's built into me now. So think about the impact that Pastor Neil or Pastor Jamie has had on your life. And write it down. How has it impacted your spiritual journey? Let's take some time. No memories do bring up a lot of emotions. As I shared earlier, these emotions are meant to bring us closer to God. These emotions are meant to right the wrongs. These emotions are meant by God to move us to a place of health place where we are in right relationship with him and with others. I love the fact that God is a God of emotion. If you don't believe it, I think I missed it here in my notes. Somewhere I have it written down, 5,000, 5,000, over 5,000 scriptures express emotions in the Bible. And you know what it tells me? It tells me that God intended emotions. A vast number of those emotions are attributed to God himself. And a whole range of emotions are also seen in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if God could express these emotions, then he also intended for us to express them and to use them to bring us into a right and healthy place with him and with others. Father, as we realize that our struggle is tremendous in this world, there's all kinds of things that we are going through. There's all kinds of things that, that, that bring us into troubling places. And there's losses in our lives that are deep-seated, that are difficult to deal with, that, that, that we need an out, we need a way 
We thank you that you have opened that way for us. Thank you, Father. And Father, as we think of Pastor Neil and as we think of Pastor Jamie, as we think of all the others in our lives that have been a tremendous <coughs> witness, people that we have had built these wonderful, deep relationships with that you have taken into glory. Father, may we also understand that there is a way for us to heal and there is a way for us to remember and there is a way for us to know that they are still alive. So we thank you, Father. And we ask that you would continue to bring healing into our lives. Help us, Lord, to take what we have and to use it to further your word, to further our testimony of you, to impact others even the way that we have been impacted. Father, may it be to your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.